Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now listening to Rob and Rat's World of Wonder podcast. So sit back, relax, and prepare your ears as they take you on a journey of all things weird and wonderful. Hello and welcome to the Rob Rat Podcast. Welcome back. How are you going on? I'm Rob. I'm Rats, and uh, we're here again for another week of podcasting. We really are, we're back. As we said, look, it's a kind of an unusual one. We are uh, pre-recording episodes due to... I'm kind of conscious just about saying this because I don't know what state yeah, we don't the know, world we don't know is going to be like, at. Yeah. We um, recorded this podcast three, four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, yeah. So... Because we don't know what the crack is going to be, if we're going to be able to meet up and do them or yeah. whatever. Because it's all a bit mad, so we and don't know. So just, we like, don't know what state the world is in, but we yeah. hope you're happy, well, and healthy, and we hope we can kind of maybe take your mind off things for a while and just have a bit of crack. Because yeah. that's what we're about. We're just about taking different topics every week and just talking about them, having a bit of crack and banter with them, and exploring them. And we do our own yeah. bit of research, sometimes poorly, sometimes very well. A little bit of research. Yeah, a little bit of research. Yeah. Just, <laughs> a little uh, bit of research goes a long way. But yeah. yeah. So this week. Uh, we're going to focus on something that I really, really enjoyed when I was in school. Right? When we were in school in Ireland, yeah, it, Bit of a history in primary school, you used to get uh, Irish mythology. Yeah. Uh, there'd be stories like of myths from years ago with Irish kind of stuff. But even, but even now, if you travel around Ireland and go to different spots, there's kind of like mythology built into kind of some of the stuff that you can go and visit. Like. And it kind of makes, it makes places more interesting. It does make more interesting, it? yeah. Cause it's like, like Joe, th- that's a great cliff there, but there's nothing really that good. You know, it says years ago there was a dragon that, you yeah, know, it's on just the hill made, of Tara. And yeah, all it makes stuff. things so, cooler. So that's kind of what we're yeah, talking about at the moment. Well, we're going to talk about A bit today. of Irish mythology. Yeah, so today. I've just got a couple of stories which I'm going to try yeah. and attempt to tell, and they we can kind of discuss. It's, kind, it's kind of story time with Robin Story Rats. time with Robin Rats, uh, Irish mythology. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah, so, and um, like every week before we go and talk about our content, we tend to do a little bit of wild and weird and wacky news. And weird, it's weird and wonderful news. Weird and wonderful news. And as you so, said, before, wacky we've, look, we've often said it's not new news because some of the stuff we talk about, it could be any time. And mine, and mine is fairly new now, but is it? Yeah, it's fairly yeah, new. Well, it's, it is new now, but this isn't going to be out for three weeks. I don't. It's uh, yeah, it's new enough though. <laughs> yeah, it's new enough, and it, it's uh, it's going to take you away from the mundane kind of um, stats and figures you hear about all the horrible things yeah. going on in the world. But you know what? As well as the horrible things that are going on in the world now, and as we said, we don't know what state the world is going to be at yeah. when this comes out. But at this very great, moment, but it's great to see. There's actually a lot of good stuff you see from people. You there see is. a lot of fucking people helping people out. You know, doing stuff for the neighbours and elderly people who kind of are stuck. That's what I think is great. There is, there's good human spirit. There is good human spirit. You can see the goodness in people coming out. People are actually there's a lot. You kind of, of try to go out of your way to help people. And people are putting profit. I don't. People are putting profits aside for stuff and putting people first. No, no, are, no sometimes no, people yeah. are doing that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not about, about making money. I see yeah. there's a lot of restaurants in the last months that have just been using up because they've been closing they've been using up all their stuff to yeah. like they've a load of stuff that's going to go off so they've been cooking food but I know the, even like hotels and like private hospitals and all sort of stuff are just like opening up the doors just yeah. to allow people no to, it's great it's, it's yeah. lovely to see yeah. the people so it's a good human spirit you know, I, I think I, I've said many times in this podcast that people are feckers like I mean yeah. in certain things we've talked about but people have a very good side to them as well I, and think, I think naturally people are good yeah they are good I think there's good Jason, we've got a dog I, in here with yeah, us I apologise my dog is here to join us for this week and I just tell them to chill out. This is the dog that you spoke yeah. about before that you had. Yeah. It was breeding out the back. He was breeding, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of crack there. He's, he's a nice little fluffy there. kind of. Uh, I just got look. Let's what is he? Is it Bichon Frise? I'm just going to tell him to lie down there. Chase him here. Lie down. Lie down. There. Lie down there. Good dog. He's a nice little dog. Oh, is, that, nice. is it a bed? Is that a bed he has? It's a cushion on the floor. Yeah, it's a nice little yeah. cushion, yeah. It's a gold cushion. <laughs> no, it's not. He uh, doesn't shed hair, does he, that one? No, they don't shed. That's a good dog. I like that. Chase, lie down. Lie down. Good dog. 
Sorry, because uh, no. I used to we used to have a dog. We had it for sixteen years. Mil- Mil- Millie was her name, oh. and she was a a mix between a Labrador and a Beagle. But she used to shed so much hair. Oh God, it was yeah. terrible. Like, and it was everywhere. everywhere. Can I ask a question now? Go Actually, on, yeah. do you know what? I'm not even going to ask it. But I, I, I was going to ask. You know, a female dog. I have a male dog. I've never had a dog before him. Yeah. Do they like? Uh, do they period? around the place I, uh, I heard that of some people I think she was probably neutered so oh, okay. does that stop right. that then I'm not sure not I think sure. I don't remember sure. I don't remember so I don't think so it's a funny question it is a, it's a, it's of all the questions <laughs> you're going to ask me about it, my dog that I had for 16 years that was your question <laughs> uh, yeah but she was a lovely dog got it cremated uh, she's in a box <laughs> in the whole house oh is she yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and do you get it out on her birthday or anything or yeah, uh, no and would you often go and have but a I chat but I opened it up and had a look in the box you know and in it why because to see what it is, you know... It's, it's fucking ash. It's though. not ash, you see. Oh, that's sorry. why I'm glad I opened it, because it's actually bone fragments, and it's like it's like gravel. Oh, that's rotten. Yeah. I'd prefer if it was sand or something. Yeah. So you couldn't, if you wanted, you couldn't, like, ingest that or anything. Well, if I wanted to ingest it, why would I want to ingest I it? I don't know, to have a piece of your dog inside you or something. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, well like, no. <laughs> I might edit this out. I'm not really joking. <laughs> No, yeah, I don't know where it's going with that. No, no, she's just in a box. I think what happened was she was. It's she, a gravel. That's weird. It's though. like it's bone fragment. So it's like it's like like. It's uh, like they don't go to ash. Like. No, because I think everything without getting too grim about it. Yeah. When they put them into the furnace or into the thing, whatever, whatever is left. Is obviously the soft tissue and the muscle and all that stuff gets burned that's away. That's them down. Gets no. burned. Yeah, the dog's pretty chilled out there now. But it's just basically bone that's left, I think. Yeah. And then they kind of crush that up and then you get it. Oh, yeah. But it's bone nice. Bone to, yeah. I suppose it's nice to keep it in a way. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> for, I, I don't know. She's just in a box. The, the only pet I had before. I think it's expensive. Enough, though, dog. It probably I mean? is expensive. Yeah, I think what happened was they went to the vet to have the dog because we had her 16 years. Oh. She was quite unwell. And it was the end of life, sort of. Did stuff. she have cancer in her? Uh, she had this kind of growth on her neck that wouldn't heal, and she was just very old, and she was kind of becoming incontinent, and she had gone. Kind of, she was deaf, and was losing a bit of her sight, and it just wasn't fair to her anymore. Did you, you get know? a second opinion? Or? Yeah, like it was the the vet had said if it was his dog, he would have done it a while ago. So like it needed to be done, but. Uh, the dog, the vet then asked the question of, you know, would you like to get the dog? Did you love the dog? Oh, I loved her, I'm yeah. Sorry, she was lovely. She was a lovely dog, lovely dog. Yeah. Like 16 years, you know, it's a long yeah, time. That is a long How old were you when you had it first? Uh, well, I don't know. Like, she's probably gone about two years, I think. Was that old? Oh, yeah. So it's fresh it's enough. fresh enough wound. And are you upset to see me with my dog having great crack? Uh, no, Bond. I think it's nice. It's oh. nice. Enjoy the dog. What, what age is the dog? <laughs> what age is he? Yeah. I think he's two. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, you have loads of time. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't that he's mad two. getting a dog. He could be he's three. He's two. He's big, yeah. How long? But he's two when you were stood in the mouth. Why did the dog start having sex? I have no idea. Young enough, I'd imagine. I Googled all that. I had the. I, I bet the, you did, yeah. I contracted it. Someone looking up your search history, like. But funny enough, I don't know, did I tell you this about when I stood him out? The reason I kind of did it, someone told me it's good for them to have a go before you go get them neutered. Like, I always oh, wanted okay, to get them yeah, yeah, neutered. Get the system. So I put them on a stud website. Neutered, no. <clears throat> he is, yeah. Yeah. Does he I put him on a stud I put him on a stud site, and it wasn't. Look, What's it called? Studdog.com. Um. Barker, I know, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> that no. is brilliant. Did no, you no. like that? No, 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 it's actually got. It was dogs.ie. That's yeah. what it's called. Not that exciting. That's a crap. Do you know what actually really dogging.ie? Do you know what I actually sound like a greedy <laughs> bastard, right? But funny enough. Go on, you are. Okay, I joined the website dogs.ie and I wanted to get them because I I thought I heard that 
thing it might be true that it's good for him to have a go before you get him neutered right. so I thought look it's kind of fair to him to let him have a go and why not profit from it yeah so but what I did was <laughs> I, I, I made a stud contract so basically I'd get a hundred dollars for dollars a uh, hundred euros sorry for him yeah. to come and for the dog to have sex and then if she keeps if she gets pregnant then I get an extra 200 and the reason they pay the extra 200 is because they'd get then his papers you know and all that stuff for so their if problem. she didn't get pregnant they would just basically uh, pay for I'd their dog get they, would, yeah, they would just pay for their dog to have sex then yeah yeah but you see they'd, they'd know when the dog is in heat or whatever yeah 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 just bring her but you know what's mad right it, yeah. uh, we're getting a bit low but here you, you, but you, I you had really that dog in the back garden having sex yeah, with the dog and you stood there I have a photograph but was some man came with a dog yeah, and so but you, now so I you stood in the kitchen with some other man that you don't know, yeah. and looked out the back. I know window. he went off. Oh, did he, he? He went off and left her for the night. For the night. For the night, yeah. And he <laughs> brought her food and her bed and all that. Oh, it right. didn't go on really well. It didn't. Okay. But I was just. I had this image of the two just in the kitchen, like <laughs> no, no two people who don't know each other just staring out the back window of these two dogs having sex. And you go, <laughs> it was go a on. bit. It was <laughs> a bit like that, in the, because because <laughs> you know what he's doing it for, like he's yeah. bringing it around. To oh the, yeah, and his daughter yeah. was with them. <laughs> it was unusual, like it's a very weird but, scenario. Yeah, but. He, I only dogging dot. To be honest, I was very. I got a few people message me, but I was careful about who. I wanted someone who. I didn't want anyone who just wanted. I wanted my dog to have pups to sell and make money. He wanted the family dog was very loved, and she was getting a bit old. But they wanted her to have pups, and they wanted to keep a pup for when she did go, and they wanted the pup for aunts and relatives. So they say he no, but he was it. Like Mm. you know, you can get a good feeling about someone. Like you know, when I met you first and asked me to do a podcast, even though I know you're not the good a person, I said, "Look, we'll do for the crack." I'll try. I'll try. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, get out of your system. Yeah. And uh, where is it going with this? Okay, when he came (laughs) first, when he came first with his dog, yeah, with his pup dog, (laughs) with his missus dog, his bitch. Okay, she went out the back. And I swear to God, he's a little Bichon freeze, the dog I have, to pimp a stud out. Yeah, pimp out, I nearly said. But his knob came out, and it was mad. He must have been, like, he knew she was in heat, and yeah. he must have got such a horn. It was hanging out like a big feckin'. It was huge, like, coming out of him. <laughs> for, even your man was there. We were both saying how big his knob was. Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird conversation, but the size of your dog, no, but he, no, but he, just, he was like, oh, geez, he's raring to go. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Where yeah. is he from? Uh, I don't know. It was what accident was that like? I don't know. I oh, jeez, he's wearing to go, wasn't he? Just the size of the knob and that dog. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh? I'll leave her here. I'll be back tomorrow. But what happened was they, they did it anyway, and I didn't know too much about dogs having sex. I didn't know they stuck together for a while. Yeah, you were saying this before. And yeah, then he turned, he, he, turned, he turned backwards or something. They turned backwards, yeah. But Arse see, Arse. I thought she was getting a bit upset, and I thought this isn't meant to happen. <laughs> she was getting a bit upset. This isn't meant to happen. They're stuck, they're stuck together, and I thought there was something yeah, wrong. Yeah. So I got a water gun and I started shooting him for face. But just thinking because I was worried about them that they were being hurt, and I thought if I wet him in the face, he might kind of. <laughs> I don't know. What's the logic there? I don't, and then if I, I just ra- wet him in the face. <laughs> Luckily, my my one of my in laws is a vet, and right. I rang him. And and I rang another call and they said, No, that's fine, that's meant to happen. So I just let them have at it. And had you already wet the dog in the face? I'd wet him and I'd shot him in the face with water going, only likely like just kinda because I was worried about them. <laughs> well, I was worried about them, so I hit him with the water gun. No, I shot him in the face. Okay. Okay, do you know what this has gotten so weird yeah. and I think we should just go to the news. Oh, if we're not is this not the news now? I don't think Okay, it is. yeah, we go to the news. We go to the news. Rob and Rat's weird and wonderful news. Welcome to the news. There'll be no dog talk. Yeah, no dog. Jeez, that was bizarre. It was, yeah. What was it? Do you know what it is? I think for a lot of coffee. I just we've had, a lot we've of had coffee. A, as we say, we're doing a couple of podcasts here in a row, so we've been 
This is my few, second few coffee. Up. And it's like this will be out at five on a Wednesday evening. It's half one in the morning now. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, I'll go with the first news story here, right? New Hampshire police chief strips off uniform after being stripped of duties. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so God. You took, oh, after because oh, t- you're asked to hand in your yeah, uniform. So after the town of Croydon chose to elim- eliminate its one-man police department, Chief Richard Lee responded by disrobing to his underwear and walking out into a snowstorm. I heard about this, you know. Yeah. I did. Madness. So the police chief in New Hampshire town took it literally when he was stripped of his duties at a local board meeting and he disrobed to his underwear and walked out into a snowstorm. So basically... There was a, a small town of Croydon, and they were, instead of going to have their own police department, they were going to be overtaken by the New Hampshire State Police, and they were going to have 100% coverage there. So the one town... So they'd have to... So he was the, the only cop in this small town, so he was being relieved of his duties, basically. He'd been stripped of his duties. So he took it literally, and he said, uh, I gave them my uniform, my shirt, and then I gave them my turtle net and my ballistic vest, and I sat down on the chair, and I took off my boots, and I took off my pants, and I put those in the chair, and then I put my boots back on, and I walked out the door, said Lee. And he said he didn't have spare clothes or a ride home, so he walked nearly a mile in the snow before his wife picked him up. And I he say said, he was fairly pissed off. Well, he was well, his head was wrecked. Like he'd, yeah. been, he'd been the one cop in town for ages, and then they just voted him out and got rid of his police yeah. department. So That's kind of crap for him. Yeah. So it's a pity they couldn't just hire him under the new... I, I, I wonder that they just want him gone. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's, like he's, he's like a one-man like police department. He's probably like, that's it. Like he, Whatever he says goes. Like Yeah, I suppose. So and obviously he seems like the kind of guy like if he completely stripped off all his clothes and walked out of the meeting like ah oh, yeah yeah Should we've all done things uh, what was his name there I think I had his name can't remember his name anyway it doesn't matter he stripped yeah. off his he's clothes gone anyway <laughs> took off all his clothes yeah my um my story this week one of two is uh, basically it's okay look back to coronavirus again in the last few weeks <laughs> sorry sorry yeah. but in the you know in the past few weeks there's been a mad shortage of PPE for doctors and nurses like the protective protective personal protective equipment yeah. so they've been you know running out of masks and yeah. garbs and whatnot so funny enough Fox, Fox, the Fox TV show. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, The Resident. No, it's a, basically it's a hospital drama. Oh, okay. They've given their masks and garbs and all the stuff they use oh, on set good. to the yeah to the hospital, the Atlanta, uh, the to the hospital. Oh, I never thought of that. There've been loads of props. There've been loads of props and stuff. But they're all real, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So they give all the stuff and due to the coronavirus. Thought that was good. O'Neill's, you know, you know O'Neill's, the brand that makes Gaelic football gear. Yeah, they've started to make uh, scrubs now for hospitals. That's good. See your man in Sports Direct. No. Apparently, you know the guy who owns Sports Direct? He's a bit of a gangster. But anyway, in the last, now it would have been a number of weeks back, but he claimed that Sports Direct shouldn't close because it's an essential... Uh, essential, yeah. Sports Direct's essential. <laughs> oh, I, I'm a, you know, we're, that's crazy. But like, you know, close for... He's just a greedy bastard. He just doesn't want to close the shop, yeah. But greedy bastard. A lot of his stuff not be done online anyway, no. Yeah, but they have warehouses that ship them out and dispatch them. Do you know what I mean? They, when you order online, they don't come from a magical fucking. Oh place. yeah, but I mean, you don't need the shop to be open. They just have the warehouse. Yeah, but the people in the warehouse. Just one man. That got the guy who got sacked from the f- police department and go and work in the warehouse. Fucking text him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Lee and his. Just get him a forklift and he go around posting stuff. Um, my second story this week, Robert. I might as well hit you with it. Go throw it at my face. So uh, you might have heard of this, possibly, but a Pizza Hut employee faked a robbery to look favourable at cor- to corporate. Ah. So basically, a young lad in a Pizza Hut in America called the police to respond to basically that he was held at gunpoint with a man trying to rob the store. He fought him off, and um, but your, none, ma- your none man of this escaped. Happened, did it? Basically, the cops had to, obviously the cops took a story for you know yeah, true and even serious. 
they even put out a precaution for the school and the local area that there might be a gunman on the loose. But then when they further investigated the story and checked the cameras, that where he, he claimed that the gunman had left, when they checked the CCTV footage, there was nothing there. So when they asked the young lad, uh, what happened there again? You said he left out the door. He claimed that he made it all up because he'd hope he'd get a raise. Ah, so he's just yeah. a liar. Looking liar, for a raise, yeah, looking yeah. for a raise. But that's a mad thing to make up this big elaborate story that a gunman came and I fought him off and he didn't get the money in the till. He thought that they'd be like, you're getting a raise, Timmy. And what? I don't know what his real and name And he got was. sacked for being said, did he? I don't know if he got sacked or not. It didn't say that You'd imagine you would sack I'd someone if they make it up lines yeah. like that. Yeah. It's falsely, uh, you know, like in a police like Do you find that coffee strong? It's quite good, yeah. Yeah, it's strong though, isn't it? It's nice, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's how do you make that now? Is it a little like, uh, is that pods? No, no, it's uh, ground coffee. Though. Yeah, but do you With a, a filter f- in a machine. Oh, yeah. Filter. Do you ever use the, the French press, you know, the thing you push down the plunger? No. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're good enough as they're well. Not bad. They're not it's bad. the same thing, yeah, kind it's of. The same kind of thing. I think it's. Do you put boiling water in them? It's better not, you know, to use. I think directly boiling water on coffee. They reckon it burns they say the beans. It burns some of the taste. That's yeah. why you find with them, it's not actually it's not boiling. boiling. It's yeah. fairly hot. It's, it's quite warm. Yeah. But there's a method to it. There you go. A barista, isn't that? Barista, yeah. yeah. I was a trained barista, you know. Were you? Yeah. How long does the training last or take? A couple of days. Really? And what yeah, but there's a special way to froth the milk. Yeah, how, how do you do that? See, there's a way to do it, so it's not like... I hate when you so get a steam, foamy cup of steam coffee. steam comes out of the thing, right? Basically, it's how, how long you hold it under. And do you and put... Because on see, the side of the coffee machine that I have there, that I found yeah. in the house, there is a little thing on the side. Oh, really? Like, yeah. And if you nozzle to turn on the steam? Yeah. Jeez, that's very good. But do you put the... Do you submerge the steam yeah. under the milk? Yeah, yeah. So do you there's have to, a method you have to, to clean, you have to clean it every time, then? Yeah, you wipe it down just. <laughs> You're doing so a nice old like wipe gesture, gesture there with your hand. Yeah. Oh, you actually have one of them. But yeah. where's the well, like? Is it connected to something? Because like you put water into the back of it. All right. And then it heats it up, and you can press one button, and it comes out through the thing. And then you, and then can then do you press the another one, and you can turn the thing. And, go, and does it have a nozzle? Like, yeah. For steam. Yeah. Basically, you turn that. But do you put the nozzle into the milk, or do you what put you're it meant above to do it? Is you put it above the milk for about three seconds. Yeah. Count to three. One. Then two, submerge it. Three. Okay. Hold it under for about four or five till it's getting kind of bubbly and hot. Then stop, pull it out straight away, give it a bang on the counter. Oh, that makes Get rid thought. of the bubbles. Oh. And pour it, should be silky. Right. The milk should be silky. It shouldn't be bubbly, that burnt milk. Right. I hate when you go into a coffee shop and you get a cappuccino and it's all bubbly on top and foamy. Right. But it's not, if you have a silky coffee, I mean a nice creamy milk, it's lovely. If it's done right, like, I'm not that into milky coffees. Yeah, I don't, I just like a little bit. What's well, nice like to, to do. Change the colour of it a little bit. What I used to do when I worked at the coffee shop is, you know, often you'd have, uh, you know, someone would ask for a one shot latte, but we didn't have the one shot thing, we had the two shot yeah. uh, head. Yeah, the co- so you'd always have these shots lying around. So you might just throw a double espresso into a small cup. But would it not just, go cold then? But just add a small bit of hot milk okay. then. And it'd be like a little tiny But it's not, that's a bit stale shot. kind of coffee then, isn't it as well? No, it's well, not you know, but the, the warm milk. It, it, yeah, but it's not straight out. Like, that's like someone leaving a bit of coffee in a mug and you want to throw that into it. Oh, yeah, but it's not wasting the coffee. It still gives you the fucking kick. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it still gives you the hit you're after. So the final story I have is uh, just, there was a woman, right? And she's 20 years of age and she was getting ready to go for a meal with her boyfriend. As you do. As you do. And she was getting all her tan on, getting her fake tan on. Fake tan. And she has a five-month-old child and the child woke up mid-tan and the child needed to be fed. So she went to breastfeed the child. Not thinking. Not thinking that she had uh, fake tan all over her boobs. And yeah. then when she <laughs> took the child off her boob, the child had a big tanned face on him. Like Homer Simpson. Yeah, like a Homer Simpson, a kind of just mouth. a big brown mouth around his thing. So what she, I find hilarious is that she, uh, you know, 
she looked at him and thought, that's hilarious, and decided, let's call the media. Yeah, well, let's take a photo and put it up online, because that's just what you're dealing with today, isn't it? But, yeah. like, yeah, so, like, uh, so she said her warning to other girls is, you know, uh, just be wary. I suppose you'd forget, though, in her defence, like, she was yeah. thinking, oh, God, he's hungry, but pass I, him here. And, but it might be difficult to get that off, because sometimes girls find it difficult to get their tan off, don't well, they? Well, he probably had a brown mouth for a while. <laughs> she might as well just tan the rest of them, yeah. well, just to get it blended Blend it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet there is people that tan their babies. Yeah. I'd imagine there Sometimes is, yeah. you see, no, I know, it's not for me to say, but kids... With pierced ears. Yeah. Pierced ears. Young. I don't agree with that, yeah. A bit young. Yeah. What do you know? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like... I hate the look of that, yeah. No offence to anyone. <laughs> no offence to you. Well, I just, you know, like, it's a, yeah. a, a baby, like, it's, I feel the same way about them circumcising babies as well. As you wait until someone has a choice before you start cutting bits off them or <laughs> fucking, like, or, like... Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Some just, people have to get circumcised. Yeah, but that's different. Because it's like, quite tight. Yeah, but even still, yeah, but okay, but for other purposes, just to do it, like, yeah. cut them off and stick an earring in that child and cut a bit How of that... How sore would that be, like, being a young lad, like, being a baby? Do they circumcise the babies or yeah, what? Yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever heard about circumcision was in South Park. Really? Yeah, I didn't really know much about it. Oh, yeah, I did it. I Express. That was the episode. Yeah. I Express. Is what? I Express. It's called a bris in Jew, Jew religion. Is it? Bris is when they... I yeah. thought it was something else. That was the name of the episode, I Express. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, because they're going to go and they just like... Uh, it's Kyle's brother, isn't it? Ike? Yeah, 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 and they wanted to stop him from getting his witty cut Is that a bar mitzvah, no? Is that something different? Let me just Google what's a bris. Yeah, I'm I pretty sure. Was, I thought there was a different name for it. What's the name? Google there. What's the name for the Jewish uh, tradition of cutting off the foreskin? What is a bris in Jewish ceremonies? Yeah. Uh, Yiddish production, Jewish religion, circumcision ceremony performed by. Yeah, bris is the name for the ceremony. Oh, but lovely, it's yeah. circumcision is Cause the circumcision is. Because he was a Canadian one, they're going, but we use this one, and they go, no, and they use the, the Canadian leaf, and <laughs> the maple leaf shaped one instead to cut it. But you can keep, like, you can keep the skin and kind of make Why? Why? Why would you keep it? There's no need to keep it. If you cut it off, throw it away. It's not like your child's first tooth that you can keep. So you can make stuff out of things. Yeah. Anyway, that was the news. (laughs) Rob and Rat's Weird and Wonderful News. So that was the news. That was this week's Weird and Wonderful News. Yeah. As Uh, Mick has just said there. Cheers, Cheers, Mick. Yeah, so as I said at the start of this episode, what we're going to be talking about today, or what I'm going to try and do, is just, what I remember being in school, is just hearing about some of the stories of, from Irish mythology. And so, like, basically, Ireland, like, back in the day, they used to never write stuff down, so all these stories were passed on. Yeah, and like, it's kind of like Chinese whispers. They took on a life for themselves, and there was bits added to them. Yeah, well, like, years ago, they wouldn't have had Netflix and telly and stuff, so people used to sit around the fire. The Celts. Telling stories. The Celts, right? Yeah. The Celtic people back in the day. And, but they didn't have, like, a lot of them would have been illiterate and stuff, so they weren't writing, writing, so these are all passed down. Made up stories. Yeah, but they were passed down from generation to generation. These were the stories that they kind of used to entertain each other. Is that is that the origin of the stories? Like, just yeah. From, yeah, well, they were just like to, they're a storyteller. So they don't know how much truth there are so in these stories. So they might have been based around some of it, but there are mythology means myth and legend and stuff. Yeah, to kind of like some of them might be based on a bit of truth or a person. Yeah, or something like and that. each kind of like area in Ireland. So you've got like. Connacht, Ulster, Munster and uh, Leinster, right, and stuff like that. But back in the day, like, the different areas that have their different kind of heroes and stuff like that. So yeah. we're going to look at, and they, they, call in the, they call them cycles. So we're going to look at a couple of different cycles in different areas. So one of the kind of more famous ones that people may know of, like, even if they're not, uh, really don't know much about Irish mythology, would be, you've probably heard of the Children of Lear, Right. You know about the children of Lear? I've heard of them, but I don't know anything. But you don't know the story. But this might bring it back for you a bit, right? Yeah, go on. So long ago, there was a king called Lear. And he lived in... King Lear. King Lear, yeah. There you go. And he lived in a castle with his wife and four beautiful children, Fanula, 
It's a pure Irish name. Yeah, Fanula, Aidan, Con, and Fiacre. Lear's wife died, and they all missed her very much. And the king saw that his, that his children were very sad and that they needed a mother, so he decided to marry again. So the high king sent Aoife, his daughter, to go and be Lear's new wife. Aoife was beautiful, but she was not a very kind-hearted person that uh, Lear thought she was at the start. And at first, Aoife loved the children, but she soon started to grow jealous of the children because she saw how much the king loved her kids, his kids. So she came up with a plan to get rid of the kids. Right. So one summer's evening, Aoife took the children down to swing, swim in Loch Derva, which is the lake down near where they were, right? And when they were playing, Aoife took out a druid's magic wand. This is where the bullshit happens in the story, right? A druid's magic wand, and she cast a spell on them. And there was a flash of light, and the children vanished. And in their place were four beautiful swans with feathers white as snow, right? Yeah, this is the story. happened. Yeah. <laughs> one of the swans opened its beak, and it spoke with Fanula's voice, and it said... What have you done to us? <laughs> what have and, you done to and us? Aoife cackled, I have put a spell on you and now you're mine. Did she, she, said, she said, I put a spell on you and you will be swans for 900 years. You will spend 300 years on this lake, 300 years on the Sea of Moyle and 300 years in the waters of Inishglora. And only the sound of a Christian church bell can break the spell. Sure, that goes off. How often? I know, that goes off a whole fucking time. Every right? Sunday. But according so the following to, Sunday. According, <laughs> yeah, ten minutes later. <laughs> I know, according to the story, when the children did not return home that evening, the king went to look for them. And he was down beside the lake, but all he could see were four beautiful swans. To his amazement, one of the swans called out, it's, it's, it was Fanula. She, she said, it's me, Dad, Fanula. <laughs> and she told him what Aoife had done to them. And Lear returned to the castle and he pleaded with Aoife to reverse the spell. Was Aoife his wife, yeah? Yeah. So he remarried, yeah. Yeah, he remarried because he thought that the kids needed a mother, but she was jealous that... Step-parents are cons. And you go, it seems to be in all these kind of stories, like Snow White and all that kind of crack, you know? Yeah. But anyway, Aoife refused to reverse the spell, so Lear became very angry and banished her from his kingdom. Lear spent all his time beside the lake talking to the children and listening to them, listening to them singing. Apparently they were lovely singers, the swans. Yeah. When Lear grew old and died, the children were very sad, right? After 300 years passed, they moved to the Sea of Moyles between, the, uh, between Ireland and Scotland. It was very cold and stormy on the sea, and when the time came, they flew to Inish Glora. So that's 300 years later. For 600 years now, they've been swans. They'd be well sick of it. By now, the swans had grown old and tired. Uh, life was easier on the island. It was warm and there was lots of food. Then one morning they heard the sound that they'd been waiting for, the sound of a Christian church bell. They swam to the shore. Outside the church, the bells were ringing when a monk named Camogue, uh, and he was stunned when he saw the four, <laughs> four swans turn into four old people in front of him. Fanula put her so arms... So it was obviously years later. 900 years, yeah. Fanula put her arms around her brother, her brothers. They were so happy to be human again. They were 900 years old. Camogue listened to their sad story and he baptised them. Soon after they died of old age, he buried them all in one grave. And then that night he dreamt that he saw four children flying up through the clouds. He knew the children of Lear were now with their mother and father. And that's a story, but I remember hearing that story like... It's kind of fucking scary. It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But that was like one of the stories. We'd be in school and they'd be like, I don't know what we were supposed to learn from these. Yeah, it's like, don't... um I suppose just don't be swimming when the church bells might begin off. Well, don't be... Like, yeah. I don't know. What the hell is the moral of that story? If your, like, you know, wife, like, if your wife dies, don't try and replace her with a younger, more beautiful woman because she's only going to put a spell on your kids. And get jealous. Yeah. But then younger, more beautiful... Oh, that's just mad. Yeah. But it's a, it's, a, it's a good story. No, yeah. See, I, this is like the, I remember, do you remember that story in school that you no. Lear? No. I remember the title. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, honestly, that's I, remember I remember enjoying these kind of fables. You see, and I just thought, yeah, a- Aesop's fables. They're different ones, you know? yeah, yeah. They're like because you were saying to me before this, like, do, is there bits all over the place? And there's like Greek mythology, and I, I presume in like 
all kind of countries they have their own I, re- I remember this is just I, I, I used to love Smallville the TV show when yeah. I watched but I remember Lex Luthor used to always come out with these cool stories but he told I think it was one of Aesop's fables basically he was being a dickhead to Clark and he right. kind of goes he said what was the fable he said to him he goes yeah so do you know the fable about the frog and the scorpion I do so, know that yeah he's like yeah the frog helped the scorpion across the river well, there's more, there's, there's and in return for the frog's kindness, the scorpion stung the frog, and the frog said, "Why did you do that?" And he just said, "It's in my nature." That's basically the yeah, story. Because there was a frog in the water, and the scorpion needed to cross over, and the yeah, scorpion said, out, "The scorpion like, said to the frog, can you give me a lift over?'" And he yeah, goes, "No, because you're going to sting me.'" And the scorpion said, "No, I won't." And he goes, "Okay." So he jumped at the frog's back, and yeah, as they were going over, he stung the frog, yeah. and they both started to sink into the water. Oh, and he I goes, didn't read Why it. did you do that? Because I'm a scorpion. Yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. But basically, it's like, look, yeah, I am what I am. It's kind of like a leopard won't change its spots. I am what I am. Yeah, yeah. They they're good because there's something to be learned from them. Yeah. The tortoise and the hare. That's good. Yeah. The previous story, of the children of Lear. I don't know what you learned from it, but, but the, it's something about uh, I don't know step parents, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So this next one, anyway, right? <laughs> Move on. This it's is good bedtime stories. The, yeah, this. The, the salmon of knowledge. I kind of remember this. Okay. So uh, in the river Boyne, there was a magic fish called the salmon of knowledge. It was said that the first. Hello. Per- yeah, <laughs> I'm a very intelligent fish. It was said the first person to taste its flesh would be wiser than all other men. Fingus was a poet who lived near the River Boyne, where he read books and wrote poems. What a feckin' nice old life, just chilling oh, yeah. out there. Yeah, he was one of the wise Buddhist. He was he was one of the wisest men in Ireland. Fingus had tried for seven years to catch the fish, but he had no luck. And he, he was already wise. Though. He was already wise, but he wanted to be the wisest. Yeah. A young warrior named Fionn had come to live with Fingus. Fionn McCool. Fionn was unaware of the legend about the Salmon of Knowledge. When Fionn asked Fingus why he spent his days fishing, Fingus just smiled and gave no answer. It's a bit... Like... <laughs> a bit rude, <laughs> like. A bit rude, like... Why are you fishing all the time? Just smiling, like, saying nothing. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> then one morning in springtime, Fionn heard a shout and a mighty splash. Fingus had caught a salmon. It was a beautiful fish and its body shone like silver. Fingus immediately knew he had caught the salmon of knowledge. Fingus was tired after his struggle to catch the fish, so he told Fionn to cook it. Fingus warned Fionn not to eat the fish, not even a mouthful. Fionn built a fire and cooked the salmon very carefully, but when he was turning it, the hot skin burnt his thumb and it started to blister. He quickly put his thumb into his mouth to take away the pain. When Fionn brought the fish to Fingus, the wise poet noticed there was something different about Fionn. <laughs> Just he's walking down with this swagger on him going, what's the fucking story? But he didn't mean to do that. No, but there was a new wisdom in Fionn's eyes. Have you eaten the salmon? Fingus asked. Fionn told Fingus that he hadn't. No, I haven't, man. No, I swear. Like, I swear to God. What I didn't. Animals? Yeah. But then he remembered that he burnt his thumb and put it in his mouth. Fingus knew at once that Fionn had the wisdom of the salmon of knowledge. Fingus was very sad. Did he kill him? He knew then that he would never be the wisest man in Ireland. But at the same time, he was happy Fionn, for Fionn. Soon afterwards, Fionn left Fingus. <laughs> Fionn went on to become the leader of the Fina and the greatest warrior they'd ever known. Sinn Féin, is it? No, the Fina. So <laughs> I'll tell you the story about the Fina now, which is the next one, right? So that, that's... We, well, what do you make of okay, that, what do you make so of that story? So that's basically the moral of that. He was happy enough for him and he took off and became the leader of the Fina. Yeah. But, Shane Afina. But what, like, basically, there was a, an old fella who was supposedly wise, who was just like living beside a river trying to catch a that fish for seven wise, years. Right? He wasn't that wise, like, but it, wise balls. up. You've been seven years trying to catch this fish, and then you let some young fella, 
like, taste it. And when it. you finally catch it, instead of going, I'm just going to take a quick bite of this. A quick lick of before, it. Yeah, before yeah. I go for a nap. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, here, you cook this, but do not. I'm trusting you. Yeah. I'm trusting you. That's literally like saying something. Come here. There's a cake there. You know, has you ever yeah. seen that test with the kids? I can go to bed for a while, even though I've been waiting seven years for this do you cake. Ever, do you ever actually see that experiment with the kids? It's very good where they say to them, um, the children, it's like one minute test. Or two minutes. Come into the mic. Oh, sorry, sorry. Two minutes they go to them. They leave them. Did you ever see that one? The muffin in front of them. I think I have. It's a, they leave they, a lovely cupcake. They four-year-olds or something. They leave a lovely cupcake in front of them and they say to them, now listen, if you don't eat or taste that cupcake for two minutes, I just want you to mind it. I'm going to bring you in two cupcakes and you can have the two of them. So just don't eat that one or taste it. Yeah. Okay? And then they go out of the room and just the kids, you know, just being kids. They can't resist, like, just fucking... And the amount, I think, like, over half of them just ended up tasting it or eating it completely. <laughs> but do they come back in and ask them, then do they do it? And do well, they... if they come in and it's gone, they know. Yeah, but, but the kids lie. Sometimes they, they come in and the kids lie, like, they might have tasted it and lie. But it's, it's amazing that just kids can't wait. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the salmon of knowledge, yes. Tell us about the FINA. Right, okay, the FINA. So, the FINA, right, the, the, the FINA was a mighty group of warriors that guarded Ireland for the High King who lived at Tara. A man named Connell was the leader of FINA, and he was killed in a battle by Gull McMora. Is Cullen not Finn McCool? No. Oh, sorry. Uh, he was killed in battle by Gull McMora, who then became the new leader. Cullen had a son named Fionn. Okay. Fionn's mother feared that Gull might kill him also, so she sent him to live with a wise woman who lived in the woods at the foot of Sleeve Bloom Mountains. <laughs> right? <laughs> As Fionn grew older, the woman taught him how to use a sword and a spear. Some old woman showed him how to use a sword. It's like one of those Rocky movies, you know, where you go off <laughs> trading in the forest and there's like, this old woman, no, swing it that way. That's brilliant. Isn't it? Yeah, so he's living with some old woman in, at the bottom of the mountain and she, he's, he's learning. As you do. He's, yeah, as you do back in the day. Learning how to use a sword and a spear and how to track wild animals in the forest. Gaul found out where Fionn was living and he sent a group of warriors to kill him. Fionn left before the warriors arrived and he went to live with the poet Fingus at the bank of the River Boyne, oh, who we know from the last story. That's brilliant. Now mm. we know. It was here that Fionn tasted the salmon of knowledge. After Fionn had tasted the salmon of knowledge, he was no longer afraid of Gaul because he was all wise and he knew the he crack. Knew how right? to he knew how to find the crack. Yeah, so he left Fingus. He just keeps leaving people. He left this woman and left Fingus and Fingus headed off. Uh, just what people don't know in the story, your one was brutally murdered yeah, by yeah. the warriors. <laughs> well, she was torn. <laughs> she was literally, from the legs up, <laughs> <you're> stabbed <laughs> and battered. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then they killed Fingus as well. But anyway, so he left Fingus and made his way to Tara with the High King of Ireland Cormac MacArthur lived. Fionn arrived at Tara on Halloween night and the king and his nobles were holding the great feast of Samhain, which we spoke about in a previous oh, podcast. Oh, Samhain, on the Halloween episode. That's Halloween, yeah. yeah. When Fionn entered the great hall, everyone stared at him. He said, I am Fionn, the son of Cummel, and I have come here to join the Fina. King Cormac then stood up and uh, he, as a son of Cummel, who was, who was a true friend of mine, you are welcome indeed. And Gull McMorrow was at the feast as well. It's like watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, this. Gull McMorrow was at the table as well. And he said that he would have killed him there and then, but he wouldn't have dared fight in the big hall, right? Yeah. Because yeah, fight, yeah, fight, fighting in Carlin was forbidden in the king's There's like a nice rogue there. Really yeah, but not there. in the big hall. Not in here, outside. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, right. Now, every Halloween... <laughs> this is... Uh, anyway, right, so every Halloween night, a goblin came to Tara and set fire to buildings and did a lot of evil things. No one could stop him because he played music on a magic harp as he neared the place and anyone who heard it fell into a deep sleep. Who will save us from this evil goblin? asked Cormac. All the heroes in the great hall stayed silent and hung their heads. Fionn stood up. 
I will kill the goblin if you make me leader of the Fina. The king agreed. A friend of Fionn's father handed him a magic spear. Press this against your forehead as you hear the music from the goblin and it'll help you stay awake. So Fionn took the spear off him and he went outside to face the goblin. Why did no one else use the spear? Like, Oh, it's because they were just too afraid. Because <laughs> he's a brave warrior, right? So Fionn took the spear and he went outside to face the goblin. As night fell, Fionn started to hear the fairy music coming from the distance. He held the spear to his forehead. As the goblin got nearer, Fionn hurled the spear. The spear hit the goblin in the heart and the goblin vanished into the cold mist of the night. It didn't take much to kill him. The goblin had been killed. Fionn went back into the king's fort. (laughs) Fionn went back into the king's fort. The king called for the Fina together. Turning to Gaul MacMora, the king said, Will you shake hands with Fionn and accept him as leader of the Fina, or will you leave Ireland? Gaul turned to Fionn and shook his hand. Fionn was now the leader of the Fina, just like his father had been. From, from, the, from the fort on the hill of the island in County Kildare, Fionn had many adventures with the Fina. He became its greatest leader and is famous throughout Ireland ever since. That was good. I, enjoy, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. <sighs> So basically, that's kind of, he was now the wise old, because he was wise from eating the salmon, and he went back to... Um, I just think it's hilarious, people holding spears against their foreheads, people it's, turning it, into swans. It's a, Well, like, as you say, Game of Thrones all kind of mental yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's very it's good. It's their own kind of Irish Game of Thrones. We like. should make that into a series. It wouldn't be bad, would it? Netflix would fund it, they make loads of shit. Yeah, so, will it go, do you another story? Like, of course I do. So, Oisin and... Do you Ch- have to ask? Oisin and Tiernan and Oak. Do you know much about Tiernan and Oak? I know, when I think of here, Tiernan and Og, I think of the movie, yeah. Into the West. Yeah. Is that something to do with Tiernan and Og? I think there is something. Is it a horse, Tiernan and Og? A white horse, no? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Did you ever see that movie, Into yeah, the West? Yeah, I remember. I it's a long time ago since I've seen it. It's a very good movie. What Tiernan and Og, I'll just say a bit about Into the West. I yeah. remember there's a... It's, Ta- a, a, it's about travellers, the travelling community. A few of them are, like, they're poor and they're living out in the... I think it's up in Dublin. But they're telling stories around the fire and like the old grandfather and the kind of halting site where they are, wherever they're staying, yeah. is telling, they're all telling different stories as they do. And one of them tells the story of Tiernan Og, a wonderful horse. Now, I mightn't be getting this right, but one of the kids, their mother had died. Right. And <clears throat> then this kind of white horse appears yep. on the site. And they, I, he kind of thinks it's the, his mother. Okay. Come back. Well, it's actually a very good film. It's very good. I, ha- I remember seeing it years ago, but it's quite young. Into the West. It, yeah. And the, yeah, yeah, it's a very good film. Their father is Gabriel Byrne. And oh, he's very, I like of, him. Yeah, he's a good uh, actor. He's, he's good in that. He's very good, yeah. And he's kind of struggling to make ends meet, and the kids are off graft. Uh, it's a good movie, that. Gabriel Byrne was kind of one of the. Gabriel. Like, he was a Gab- Gable. Gabriel Byrne. He was one of the first kind of like real Irish guys to make it massive in kind of Hollywood, wasn't he? He was one of, yeah. Think Do you know, so. like. If you think about it, in, in, yeah, I'd say now there's so. more obviously, but like he was kind my of my old fella's name is Gabriel, is it? Yeah, 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 that was like the angel Gabriel, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. So, <laughs> lo- long ago, go on, people in Ireland believed there was a beautiful land in the western sea called Tiernanó, the land of the young. It was a place where the trees were always. I green. love that myth- mythological music there in the background. Oh, it's I, just it suits the story, I suppose it does, yeah. <laughs> The, the land of the young. It was a place where the trees were always green, the flowers were always in bloom, and the men and women never grew old. This is the story of how Ushin, the son of Fionn McCool, leader of the Fina, came to go to Tiernan Oak. One morning, the Fina were hunting deer on the shores of Loch Nian in County Kerry. As they rested on a hilltop, a beautiful girl came riding towards them on a snow-white horse. She was dressed like a princess, and her hair 
long golden hung to her waist. So she sounds like a fine thing. Fine thing, yeah. Riding in a horse. Yeah, boy. A load of fellas out there hunting Take for deer. Oh, look at your one coming off the hill there. She's savage. Take it off. <laughs> As she drew nearer, Fionn called out, What is your name and what land have you come from? <laughs> Just As like, you do, like. As you get her thing to say to someone, yeah. And she turned back and she said, I am Neve of the Golden Hair, and my father is King of Tiernanog. I have heard of a great warrior named Ushin, and I have come to find him and ask him to return with me to the land of the young. Fionn was very sad because he feared that if Ushin went with Neve, he would never see him again. But it was too late. Ushin was already in love with the princess. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was straight away. He was, he was gone. Yeah, he was there. I'm gone. Like, I look, I'm out of here. There's a load of lads here chasing deers. Yeah. I'm going off with the blonde one. I'm going off. So he was already in love with her. He accepted Neve's invitation and waved goodbye to Fionn and his friends. And he jumped on the horse behind Neve and they galloped into the morning mist. Over the land and the sea, the fairy horse ran, moving as swiftly as a shadow. At last, they reached the golden shores of Tiernanog. The king and queen welcomed Oisin and held a great feast in his honour. It was a magical land. Oisin hunted and feasted. He's doing the same stuff so he was doing back uh, home. Like. He's just mad for hunting. Yeah, but he had a nice blonde on yeah, his arm. Yeah, yeah. Hunted and feasted at night. I know at night he told stories of Fionn and the Fina and their lives in Ireland. Oisin never felt as happy as he did with Neve, and before long they were married. Oisin lived in Tiernanog for 300 years, but being so happy it only seemed like three years. Then a great longing came for him to go back to Ireland. Neve did not want him to go back, but she agreed and gave him the white horse. Neve warned him to never set foot, not even once, on the soil of Ireland, or you'll never return to Tiernanog. When Oisin reached Ireland, he found that everything had changed, because he's been gone for 300 years. Oh, yeah. And so the Wi-Fi now and everything like. Did it need... On he has the land age. of the young. Yeah, he's young forever. And he said yeah. it only felt like three years to him, but it's been 300. Okay. So when he came back, he found everything had changed. There was no trace of his father or the Fina. There's um, Aldi's everywhere, Tesco and all yeah. that. Yeah, drive-in and McDonald's. The whole lot, Wi-Fi, yeah, 5G. Wi-Fi, the whole 5G. Lot. Yeah. He passed through... Tap, tap the card. Tap the card, yeah. <laughs> contact payments, like uh, Revolut cards and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to the podcast. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> So he got an Uber and uh, he passed through Glen the Small. But he was on the horse the whole time. Yeah, the Valley of the Thrushes. He saw a group of men trying to move a large stone. Okay, well, there's not too much has changed. Like, there's still a group of men hanging around trying yeah. to do pointless things. And they like, weren't social distancing. Yeah, moving a large stone. And he said, I will help you, he said. The mighty Ushing stooped down in his saddle and with one hand lifted the stone. He was strong. But as he did, the saddle strap broke and he tumbled to the ground. This is a shoddy workmanship, you see, whoever built that saddle. Yeah, yeah. Immediately, the fairy horse galloped away and a great change came over Oisin. In the blink of an eye, the great hero he of the years old became a withered old man. It's a, it's a kind of a common theme in this. Yeah, yeah. Unsure of what to do, uh, <laughs> legend had it the men brought Oisin to St. Patrick. What do we do? Uh, you shall not pass. Yeah. St. Patrick tried to comfort Oisin in his old age, going, you'll be all right then. When I Oshin, am old too. It is not all is not lost, Oisin. Is that Gandalf? I don't know. <laughs> That's an old man. I am St. Patrick. Look at my snake. Yeah, fucking size your snake, man. <laughs> Taste it, Oshin. <laughs> when Oshin learned that the Fina and his father were long since dead, his heart was filled with sadness. Oshin spoke of the days... He wasn't the... too fucking sad when he rode off at the blonde and no. didn't see them for 300 years. I know. Oshin spoke of the old days of the Fina and the many great deeds of Fionn. And when they hunted and feasted... <laughs> And listen to great stories. Like this is the fucking life, isn't it? Oh, back in the day, yeah. man. Remember, we used to hunt, we hunt and, and feast. feast, and now we just feasted and hunted the whole time. And stories. And he spoke of his time in Tiernanog and his beautiful wife Neve. Although Oshin died soon after, the wonderful stories of Neve and Oshin have lived on, like there are right now. Yeah, so they've lived on. Into the, do you know what, Robert? 
I'm, when, you heard, when you told me what the podcast was about today, <laughs> I wasn't that excited. I kind of thought, man, all right, sure. Yeah. But I actually, that's one of my top episodes. I actually think Well, I'm so. not finished. Oh, nice one. I'm like, bringing <laughs> There's on. more stories. Yeah. I was going to just ask you what you thought of that story. I thought it was very good. But was another few, like, like it, it, it must be subconsciously bringing me back to my childhood. Because yeah. I'm sure I heard this in school, but I just you didn't, listen, heard before, yeah. didn't listen in school. Well, I keep going. Go on, give us okay. another one. Throw so, us another one there. So I'm sure the, there's people in bed listening to this. <laughs> this is the story of the Giant's Causeway. Okay. Giant's Causeway. You know, up in up Northern Ireland, you know the... Northern Ireland. Up in Northern Ireland. You know the Giant's Causeway? Northern Up there. Northern Yeah. So, long ago, there was a... Is the Giant's Causeway a kind of break-off cliff? Or no, did you ever see it? the whole the kind of stoop steps, all the kind of little... Uh, you don't know what the Giant's Causeway is? Is that where is? the cars go uphill? No? <laughs> That's the magic road. <laughs> the magic road in Father Ted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's that where the cars go uphill. No, it's not. Oh, sorry. Go on. Right. So, <laughs> so long ago, there was a giant named Finn McCool. What the fuck? Is, who's Finn? is Finn McCool in the last story? No, that was Fionn. All right. So this is Finn. Oh, sorry. He was the biggest and strongest giant in all of Ireland. Like Brian Cody. Yeah. He was 54 foot tall and he was said to have the strength of 500 men. His voice could be heard for miles around. Hello! He lived happily with his wife, Una, on the Antrim coast. At the same time, there lived a giant named Benadorner on the Scottish coast. Benadorner believed that he was the strongest of all the giants. He constantly taunted and shouted at Finn from across the water, because they're close enough up there, like, yeah, up the yeah, Scotland, yeah. where he's shouting across, I'm the fucking strongest giant! He's going, oh, I am! You're only a fucking... <laughs> yeah, you're only a midget of a giant. Your hands are tiny. Uh, one day, Finn became, Finn became so mad that uh, that he picked up a huge lump of earth and threw it at him. Earth. The earth missed, but it landed in the middle of the Irish Sea, making the Isle of Man. Oh, all right. The hole left by Finn became Loch Ness, so he pulled up a load of, and he left a lake behind him, and then he created an island. So they're big fellas, like. That's cool. Do you know what I wonder, right? Yeah. If we got an aerial photograph of that lake and that island, would it, it fit perfectly. like a jigsaw puzzle? It fits perfectly. Does yeah. it fit perfectly? perfectly yeah. Is that scientifically proven? Scientifically proven, yeah. There's so there's it. something to it. There's something it's to not it, yeah. shite, like. So tired of all Benadonner's tone. It doesn't thing, fit perfectly, does it? It does, yeah. Finn finally accepted to fight Benadonner to settle who was the strongest giant. Finn started to build a path to Scotland that he called the Causeway. With his enormous hands, he laid down thousands of rocks. When Benadonna heard what Finn was doing, he decided to build a path from Scotland to meet up with Finn's path. The two giants worked vigorously for weeks building their path. And it's true that there is a giant causeway up in Andrum, but actually uh, off the coast of Scotland, there's very, there's very similar um, rock formations and they yeah. kind of look very similar. Finally, early one morning, Finn's path met Benadonna. Finn was delighted and he was about to run across and find Benadonna when he saw him coming over the hill. Finn was absolutely shocked at this. Right? <laughs> what the hell is he doing? Benadonna was twice the size as him. And oh, he was, there he was bigger. He was huge and he looked really twice as strong. He was embarrassed. Like. But Benadonna hadn't seen Finn yet, so Finn ran back to his house. Right? <laughs> After all this, right? Finn ran back to his house and Finn asked Una to help hide him. And Una was very clever because she's a woman. And she came up with a cunning plan. So she disguised Finn as a baby. This is a fucking giant. A giant baby. A giant baby and put him in a huge cradle. So Benadonna, being very polite, when he came to Una's house, he knocked on the door. And at the moment, uh, at that moment, Finn dressed up as a baby pretended to cry. When Benadonner saw the si- <laughs> when, when, when Benadonner saw the size of the baby in the cradle, he was terrified because he said, "If the baby was that big, his father must be enormous." Oh, so he didn't. He didn't realize. So oh. Benadonner turned and ran as fast as he could, ripping up the causeway behind him so Finn would not follow. And that was the story there. And the, like that's the story of the causeway. I, I think the story's got better as they went on because, you know, the first one with the swans didn't really do it for me. 
Yeah. I enjoyed them, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. There's more, like. like oh, sure, hit me with it. Sure, what else are we doing? Well, what keep else going? are we doing? <laughs> it's only what? Our time, it's only ten past two in the morning. That's great. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so, long ago, around the time of Christ. Long ago. Long ago, around the time of Christ. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Jesus. No, Christ, uh, Christ Murphy. Oh, uh, Christopher Murphy. Yeah. There lived a boy named Satanta. Satanta? Yeah. His uncle, Connor McNassa. Oh, that's Santana. Santana. <laughs> oh, sorry. Smooth. Isn't that his song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, his uncle, Connor McNassa, was the king of Ulster. The king lived in a great fort, a place called Owen Macaw, near the, t- near the town of Armagh. Conor McNassa had a troop of boys under his care, Jesus, his sons, uh, which he called the Macraw. The king had made a playing field for them near his own, where the boys were trained to run and wrestle and play and like the, the mocking war games with toys and spears. They played hurling and other games too. Hurling? If, yeah. If the boys were good Was that enough, around in the time of Christ? Yeah. If the boys... Sure, didn't the Lord himself stop for, uh, to watch a game of hurling uh, before he went up on the cross? Tipperary against Limerick in the All-Ireland Final in the year 0-0. Oh, yeah, they just played it in Jerusalem. It was a replay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> away delighted, game. Yeah. There was a away, away game in Jerusalem. So, uh, so, it, so if the boys were good enough at hurling, they became warriors in Connor's legendary army, the Red Branch Knights. And Satanta lived with his mother in Dundangal, which is Dundalk. And Satanta longed to join the Macraw, but his mother thought he was too young. No, you're not joining. You're not joining the Macraw. He begged her day after day after day until she gave in. So she just can I join the Macraw? Can I join the Macraw? Can I join the Macraw? No. Can I join the Macraw? Oh, go on, can so you wreck him ahead. Nice one. So Satanta set out alone for the King's Ford. It was a long journey, but Satanta had his hurley and slither to play with. So he he hits the slither up into the air, and he was so quick that he was able to run forward and catch it before it hit the ground. So he was a quick old fella. Quick, yeah, he's fast. When Satanta reached the fort, he saw the Macraw playing a game of hurling. They're fucking mad for hurling here. So he ran in amongst the boys and caught the ball. The other boys were furious that this boy had just joined their game uninvited. They attacked Satanta from all sides <laughs> and threw their spears at him. It's I don't a bit harsh. Like, I know. Satanta caught the spears on his shield. Satanta fought off the boys bravely. The noise discur- disturbed the king, who was playing chess. <laughs> and he went to see what was happening. The king was very angry. Satanta shouted, I'm your nephew, man. And I come from Dundalk. And I came to join the Macraw. The king admired Satanta's bravery and welcomed into the Macraw. Satanta loved him. You're in, get in. I admire your bravery. Satanta loved his life in the Macraw and time passed quickly. Uh, there was a blacksmith in Ulster named Cullen who made swords and spears for the army. A lot of right? Cullens and Coo Cullen. I know, yeah. It was difficult. There was a lot of seas. Uh, yeah. One day Cullen invited the king and his knights and Satanta to a feast in his fort. When King Connor was setting out for Cullen's fort, Satanta was playing a game of hurling. Obviously, that's what he fucking yeah, does. Practicing. He told the king that he would follow as soon as the game was finished. Training. Right, so before the feast began down in this place, right, uh, Cullen asked if everybody was in yet. Uh, for if he was, he'd release his fierce hound who guarded his fort. And the king said, we're all here forgetting that Satanta hadn't come in yet, right? Oh, Jesus. So Cullen let loose the hound. And as soon as the game, <laughs> of, as soon as the game of Hurlham was over, Santa set out, set, uh, set out to go down and join them for the feast. And when he came near Cullen's, uh, like, fort, he heard the growls of the wolfhound. <laughs> Suddenly, the hound leapt forward and went to attack Satanta. Satanta had no weapons, but he had his hurley and his slither. So with all his strength, Satanta hurled the slither down the hound's throat. The hound fell and died. Inside the, red fort, inside the fort, they heard the noise. Connor jumped to his feet and cried, We must have forgotten Satanta. Connor and the red branch noise rushed out, expecting to find the young boy torn to pieces. Connor was amazed and delighted to see Cullen, 
Cullen's great hound lying dead at Satanta's feet. The warrior shouted with joy. Only one man was sad. It was Cullen, who had lost his wolfhound. He loved that dog. He loved that dog. And he used to guard him all the time. Yeah. And Satanta felt bad about killing his dog. So he said, I'll be your watchdog. So Cullen agreed. And from that day on, Satanta changed his name to Ku Cullen, which means the hound of Cullen. And Cullen went on, Ku Cullen went on to be one of the greatest warriors in the, the Red Branch Knights. And he was, a, he was a guard dog. Well, he was... Just gonna, he was gonna mind. Well, he was not. He was he, gonna be the guard. Yeah, he wasn't gonna. He was gonna, wasn't gonna become a dog. Like, oh yeah, it's kind of we kind of gone full circle here. We started with dogs. Yeah, well, there's a, like there's there's loads there's loads of mythology. There's another four stories here, but there might be a lot. We should do part two because I genuinely would. We definitely get another episode of this. <laughs> we're running out of content. <laughs> no, well, they were very well, good. Well, though. these are only short. I could go with them. Oh yeah, go on, go on. Right, so we keep going, go on, a bit, right? Go on. Might as well. So we go, right? So now, so this is the story of the cattle raid of Cooley. The cattle raid of Cooley. This is the, so these next two stories are basically people fighting over cattle, right? So long ago, Conor McNassa ruled Ulster and yeah. Queen Maeve and her, her husband, Alia, ruled Connacht. One night, Maeve and Alia sat boasting about their riches. They compared their clothes, their gold, their horses, everything they had. They were both equal. Measuring dicks, basically. Basically. Until Alia said that he had a great white bull and May fell silent because she was filled with rage and jealousy because she had no bull to compare to his. The embarrassment. The embarrassment. I was talking to this fella last night and fucking we were talking about I've got an iPhone 6, he's got an iPhone 6 sound. We both got nice cars. All of a sudden he said, He shamed her. I got a lovely bull and she had nothing to say. Oh, white as well. So the next day, Maeve. Um, asked her messenger McRoth if there was any bull in Ireland McRoth yeah McRoth okay. any bull in Ireland that could equal the strength of your man's bull and uh, McRoth said not only a bull is as good but there's one that's twice as good it's called the brown bull of Cooley and it belongs to Dara of Cooley Maeve was delighted and she told Roth to message him on Facebook and say um, can I buy the bull give us the bull yeah uh, Maeve sent McRoth and a number of messengers to Ulster requesting a loan of the bull for one year she offered Dara 50 cows and a large piece of land if he accepted. Dara agreed to the offer and they had a feast for McGrath. They loved their feasting. Feast, a bit of a yeah, feast. Yeah, McGrath and his men, yeah. And a few stories. Th- uh, during the feast, Dara overheard one of the men saying Dara was a wise man for giving his bull to Maeve because if he hadn't, she would have taken it by force. And that, that this Dara was furious. That pissed him off. He said, fuck this, hey. If she wants my bull, she better come and take it by force because she's getting no other way. So when McGrath returned to Connacht, he told Queen Maeve what happened, and she was raging. Like she was like, "Fuck this!" She told McGrath to gather fighting men, and they went to march to Ulster and take the uh, take the bed, uh, take the bull, and this began the raid of Cooley. Oh, right? so, uh, the well-known raid of Cooley. <laughs> yeah. So this is where Cucullin is here now, right? Nice. So, Cucullin, Someone we know. Yeah. <laughs> As Maeve army army marched towards Connacht, the Ulster army, the Red Branch Knights, set out to meet them. On the way, they, they were struck down with a strange sickness. Coronavirus. Oh God! Uh, Covid nineteen was brought on by a magic spell, and the only man to escape the spell was Cú Cullen. Right? Yes. Did he hold a spear to his forehead? <laughs> when Maeve's army arrived at the River Dee, the only warrior there to face him was Cú Cullen. He fought and killed the best of Maeve's warriors one after one in single combat. He killed a hundred soldiers single-handedly. Maeve's greatest warrior, Ferda, took no part in the fight. Ferda. Yeah, Ferda. He and Cú Cullen had grown up together, and they were great friends. So Maeve told a lie to Ferda. She told him, Cullen is saying that you're hiding because you're afraid of him. She's only just trying stirring to stir and shit behind stirring the back. And he said you're free. Yeah, he took the base straight away. This made Ferda mad and he eventually agreed to fight like he was a fucker going to do it. It's like he's doing school <laughs> and you're trying to get two lads going. Yeah, oh, he said you're, he called your mother a bitch. What? 
Yeah, fight him under Jake, the bridge. Jake, what you said about my mother. Fight, no, do you know what? Don't, don't question that he said it. Just remember that used to be a big thing back in the day, though. What you say about my mother? Yeah, like, yeah. And that was enough to get a fight going. Yeah, and we'd love to get a fight going. Yeah. The young lads just loved watching fights. Like in home and away, fight, 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 fight. Remember they just crowd around them, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> so the two champions fought for three whole days. She's a fucking tough goal, like, wasn't That's it? Like the, They're in serious shape. It's like, like the hug. They'd have an hour break in between. <laughs> three whole days without either gaining an advantage. So it was completely even for three days. They matched each other in both skill and bravery. Each evening, they sent assistance to the other one. So Cullen sent further herbs for his wounds and further sent Cullen food and drinks. So they were, at the end of the night, they were just sending each other gifts. It's kind of nice. Yeah, because they're friends, really. Fighting it. So at sunrise on the fourth day, they face each other in the middle of a shallow river. What the fuck? <laughs> Their swords clash loudly, ching, 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 back and forth, but neither could gain the upper hand. And then Kukulin got distracted by the cheering crowd. <laughs> like <laughs> Three days of fighting yeah. and all of a This is just fellas making up stories yeah. around the fire. Like, what happened then? Oh, he got distracted by the crowd, yeah. So Ferda saw his then chance. Then he turned into a swan. <laughs> Ferda saw his chance and drove his sword into Kukulin's body. As Kukulin fell to his knees, his chariot driver... Lay quickly sent his magic spear, the gay bogla, floating downstream towards him. Kukulin <laughs> grabbed the magic spear and put it and put it through Ferda's heart. As Fer- <laughs> it's like Japanese, don't it? As, Fer- as Ferda fell, Kukulin took him in his arms. He felt no joy in winning the fight and wept bitterly over his friend. Soon after the rain, if I was in the crowd, not be thinking this is mental. They've been fighting for three days. <laughs> oh, this on the fourth day in the middle of a river, and then he kills him, and yeah. then he's upset. Yeah. Soon after the red branch night broke free of their spell, and they drove Queen Maeve's army from Ulster, but not before they stole the brown bull of Cooley. All right. Uh, so there's only two stories left, and they're short enough ones. You said that was short. <laughs> when Maeve arrived back in Connacht, she yeah. ordered that the brown bull of Cooley be put in a pen to keep it safe. And then when Alia, her husband's white bull, uh, heard the bull bellowing, he came charging to defend his territory. All the warriors watched the mighty duel, the man for fighting, which lasted into the night. <laughs> Finally, the brown bull impaled the white bull on its horns and the white bull was killed instantly. Oh, Jesus. The brown bull raging bellowed and turned and galloped home to Cooley. So he, after all that, like he just broke Headed through, off. ran back to where he was from. No sooner has it, around, no sooner has it arrived that its heart stopped and it collapsed and died. <laughs> so in the end, after the long battle, neither Maeve nor Ali were richer than the other. Fucking hell. This is so so there's no winners in that story. There's no winners in any of this. But no. in a way, they were both even in the end. Yeah. When the war between Connacht and Ulster was over, Kukulin returned back to Dundalk. Back to the town, back to Dundalk. That's why not. Back to Dundalk. Yes, yeah. paint. Maeve blamed Kukulin for the defeat and she plotted her revenge. During the war, Kukulin had killed a man named Caelan, who had six children. Maeve raised his children, fair play to her, fair play, like in her ford in Kruna. And when they were old enough, she sent them to sorcery school. That must be... That was like the tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorcery school. So you, you can go to the Gaeltuck school or you can go to the sorcery school. In the sorcery school, they became goblins. Oh, there. They became goblins. Yeah, and learned One mag- of them set fire on Halloween. <laughs> and learned magic spells. After seven years, they How returned... How to become a goblin? Like? In sorcery school. I know, but like, if I'm a human that goes to sorcery school, you become a goblin. You morph into a goblin. Like, well, you know the way you can go and study medicine and become a doctor. If you go there, you can just become a goblin. Like, it makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, when you say it like that. So, so, uh, after seven years, they returned to Maeve, and with three magic spears that could be that could be used to destroy Cucullin. Maeve sent the goblins to find Cucullin and use their magic to fill his head with the sound of war. When Cucullin heard the sounds, he was sure Ulster was being attacked. 
Cúchulainn rushed to the king's ford uh, to gather his weapons and his chariot. Uh, the druid there knew there was some trickery going on and urged him not to go, but Cúchulainn would not heed his advice, and he and his chariot driver sped away, and he could hear sad cries to the people fearing he would not return. When Queen Maeve's forces saw the chariot racing through the gap of the north, they were filled with fear. He drove through them time and time again, and no one could stop him. He's just ripping around in this chariot. Just then the goblins... Boy, razor. Just then the goblins arrived. <laughs> right, what's the crack? We're here six now? Of yeah, them. six of them arrived. What's the story? The goblins are here now. Sleepy, grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Dark, I think. And they've got three magic spears, so one between two. And <laughs> they, they gave the three spears to Cucullin's greatest enemy, uh, Ludgid. Ludgid threw the first spear. Cucullin blocked it with a shield, but it hit his chariot driver, and he fell down dead. Ludgid <laughs> threw the second spear. Cucullin escaped again, but this time, this time he had hit the horse, the grey horse of Macaw. The horse stumbled to the ground. Cucullin leaped from the chariot in a fit of rage. I'm fucking raging now. Who, who killed me, horse, and me friend? And uh, drove back the men with his mighty sword. Ludgid saw a chance and threw the final spear. This time it hit Cucullin in the side. The great warrior knew he was about to dry, die. He dragged himself to a nearby pillar and with his cloak tied himself upright facing his enemies. No one dared approach him for three days. Finally, when they saw a raven land on his shoulder, his yeah. enemies knew he was dead. And Do you know, that's funny. That's a famous statue. Yeah. We actually have in our house, it's a bronze thing of him there and the thing with the shoulder. raven on his no, shoulder. Now I get the kind of story behind that's it. That. Yeah, well, that's the story. Yeah. Of, that's, but that's like, it's a bit mental. I didn't think that story, when I see a cool figure on it, you know, standing up there in a... The, What's on his shoulder again? A raven. A raven. Yeah. That it was six goblins that were throwing spears <laughs> at him. I know. Well, they, they qualified from sorcery school after seven years. That's how long it takes to do medicine, so it's probably the same sort of thing. Yeah, but I'd say one of them had to repeat. There was probably only five of them there. <laughs> one of them was repeating. He's like, oh, I missed on yeah, that. I d- I'm not going to get to qualify with you lads. I have to repeat my uh, exams yeah. in May. I failed the orals. <laughs> <laughs> he all got 100% because yeah. of that. Uh, yeah, they're meant for their stories. Yeah, so that's just some... Like, do you know what I think? Like, when you hear them and goblins and fucking spears being held to your head, and then you... This is Irish mythology. Then yeah. you think of uh, Greek mythology, and you've Thor, the god of thunder, and Loki, who are now Marvel heroes. And yeah. It's a bit mad how we've got them. I think there is some Irish no, Marvel... No, Thor, Thor, Thor is Norse mythology. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't give a shit. It's well, different just, mythology. Yeah, but it is. I think Greek is more like uh, like the Greek gods. And but they're like cool. Apollo like, But they're cool yeah. mythological Hercules. characters. Hercules. Hercules. They're yeah. cool. Cool names, even. We've got Maeve and... But no, but you've got Cúchulain. Well, he's cool enough, as Satanta. Cúchulain. Satanta. Cú I like Cúchulain and the whole... Yeah, and Fionn McCool, and there's some decent... I like That's I definitely going to be the thumbnail for the episode, or him on the thing. I'd like to use that. There you go. The statue of him. Well, that was it. If you enjoyed that, <coughs> if you, do you know, if you, I actually genuinely did. Lo- uh, uh, and there's loads more mythology, so we could do another one at some stage. A different we, country, like. Well, yeah, we could even do other ones. There's more Irish mythology. I was just well. spelled Holland. Uh, C U Holland. Okay. I, I had it written down there now, but it's uh, for anybody who wants to look it up. Cuchulain is C U C H U L A I N N. C H. No. C U C H. C U C H. Yeah. Go on. U. Um, C U C H. Yeah, U L. U L I N. A I N N. Fuck's sake. Does your phone not like when you start writing stuff into it? Is it not going to look it up? No. Sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, while he's looking that up there, uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, we'd appreciate it if you give it a like and a share and leave us a review. I did. I liked that episode. It was a bit, a bit of a. I, I wasn't really talking to you. I was <laughs> talking to people. Sorry, I, I always <laughs> do that. Right. But yeah, that's the crack. So uh, we'll be back hopefully next Wednesday, and uh, we'll catch you then. Be safe. Bye bye. <laughs> 
You have been listening to the Rob Rat Podcast. Be sure to check out our social media for updates on the next episode. And if you liked what you heard, then let us know by hitting the subscribe button, sending us a message, and telling a friend, because that's how the podcast grows. Thanks for listening.